Psalm 16. Let's read it. I'm reading from the NIV 2011 edition. Keep me safe, my God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. I say of the holy people who are in the land, they are the noble ones in whom is all my delight. Those who run after other gods will suffer more and more. I will not pour out libations of blood to such gods or take up their names on my lips. Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night my heart instructs me. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand I will not be shaken. Therefore my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure, because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful one see decay. You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Now we need to read how that's brought into the New Testament by Peter, Acts 2. And we'll read from verse 22. The words of Peter on the day of Pentecost. Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders and signs which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. David said about him, I saw the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest in hope. Because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, you will not let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. Fellow Israelites, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried, and his tomb is here to this day. But he was a prophet and knew that God had promised him on oath that he would place one of his descendants on his throne. Seeing what was to come, he spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah, that he was not abandoned to the realm of the dead, nor did his body see decay. God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of it. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. For David did not ascend to heaven, and yet he said, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand 
until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. You'll notice at the top of this psalm there is the word mitam. Now, many have studied this but can't understand what it really means. But one thing you will notice it's a superscription on David's prayers of psalms when he is in great danger, going through great trouble. You'll find that in Psalms 56 to 60. And this psalm, he's in deep trouble. A miktam of David. We're studying it as a messianic psalm, and that's very true because of what we've read in verses 9 to 11, and we'll come to that. It's also a psalm of safekeeping. It's a psalm of trust. So let's first, before we come to the messianic aspect of this psalm, let's first come to its first application and its context of David's experience and the reason for his prayer and the reason for his psalm brought to the Lord, his God, and the Lord, his Lord. David begins the psalm with a brief, it's only half a verse of a whole psalm, that is his petition. Keep me safe, my God. That's his prayer. That's his petition. Or as another version says, preserve me, my God. And he stops there. What from? Well, we find out when we get to verse 10 what he was troubled about. But having cried this short prayer to his great God, to an all-knowing God, an all-seeing God, an all-powerful God, crying out for safekeeping to this God. David speaks in the next seven verses of why he trusts his God to keep him safe. He trusts his God to bring him through life and all its troubles and its joys and to bring him through death and to bring him right through to eternal glory. And you find that in those next seven verses. What an amazing psalm. Oh, that we could pray like this to our God. He exalts God. He exalts him in what God is for him. And when he exalts God like that, we know he's confident 
that God will keep him safe and God will preserve him. So the second part of the first verse, he says, for in you I take refuge. That little word for just really means because, because. He knows that he can take refuge in his God. And this God is Elohim. He's the creator. He's the powerful God. That's the God that he will take refuge in. And then he begins to open up on his exaltation of who his God is. I say to the Lord, Yahweh, Jehovah. The I am. I say to the Lord, Yahweh, you are my Lord. What a wonderful words these are. Containing just a few words. You are my Lord, Adonai, my sovereign one. We've got Elohim, we've got Yahweh, and we've got the Lord, the sovereign one, his master. It's my Lord. It's a personal thing here now. It's my God. <coughs> it's my Lord. It's my master. My sovereign one. The one who is in complete control of all my life. That's who he cries out to. That's why he's got confidence in his Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. Everything that is good in my life comes from you, my master, my sovereign, my Lord. The holy people in the land, they are the noble ones in whom is all my delight. These are the kind of people I love to keep company with. The people who delight in God. Because God delights in them. Here's a man after God's own heart. God delights in those who are noble, honourable, righteous and godly in the land. Isn't it good when we can delight in each other? Delight in each other. Because God delights in us and we should be able to delight in each other as he delights in us. And what a delight that is for our God to see us together delighting in one another. Here's a man after God's own heart. And he says in contrast to that, he says, those who run after other gods, I'll have nothing to do with them. And nothing to do with them. I don't want anything to do with them. I don't even want to speak of them because they multiply sorrow upon sorrow. That's all that's in these other gods. The end of them all <coughs> is sorrow upon sorrow. But my God, 
my Lord, my sovereign one, he brings to me everything that's good in my life. And remember, he's in big, big trouble. <laughs> See, we can learn from this surely that God brings us through trouble to find true delight in him. Find the refuge and the safekeeping. We'll not experience that unless we come through the trouble. You understand? This is what this psalm is teaching us. He's not finished yet. Lord, Yahweh, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. You're the only one. You alone. You're my portion. You're what I want and what is good for me in my life. And you give me that portion. And your cup for me that overflows with goodness. You. You are it. It's not so much what you're doing for me. It's you. It's you, God, Lord. You make my lot secure. Absolutely secure. And yet he's in trouble. And he's crying out for safekeeping, for preservation. <clears throat> but he knows that in his God, his lot is absolutely secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me <clears throat> in pleasant places, surely, I have a delightful inheritance. You can think of our own experience, can you? What a delightful inheritance we have in our God through the Lord Jesus Christ. So he's David's supreme treasure. Chief treasure. Of everything else in his life, it's the God that he knows. It's the Lord, it's <coughs> Jehovah, it's Yahweh, it's the Sovereign One Adonai. You're my chief treasure. I find everything in you. Asaph says in Psalm 73, Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. I have made the sovereign Lord my refuge. It's the same, isn't it? This great song leader, Asaph, a Levite in the service of God, his heart and his portion and his refuge is all found in his Lord. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. <coughs> so here, here's another aspect of, of David's exaltation of the Lord. He says, you're my counsellor. You're my counsellor, day and night. The most anxious times are often when we're trying to get sleep. And even at night, he says, my heart instructs me because you're there and you're counselling me. 
You're sustaining me. You're guiding me. You're comforting me. You're leading me. You're assuring me. You're drawing alongside me. And you're counselling me. Day and night. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Or as another verse says, I will not be moved. Well, what a wonderful prayer and psalm to raise to God, isn't it? The counsel that he would know would show him the path of life. We'll come to that in verse 11. The path of life. Because his path would take him through life, through death, into eternal life. And David knew that. David knew that. And now we come to the reason for David's cry to the Lord. It's implicit in these words. You will not abandon me to the realm of the dead. Nor will you let your faithful one see the king. We've got to first realise that in this, in this verse is David's experience. But it's when we come to Acts chapter 2, we hear that Peter says he was prophetic of the Messiah. But first there's David's experience here. And that's true in his, all his psalms. It's a true experience for David. And he was, he was fearful of death, like all of us. He didn't want to die. He wanted God to keep him safe from death. But if he was to die, he knows <coughs> that he has confidence in his covenant that he will not be abandoned to the realm of the dead of Sheol as he understood it. And that his faithful would, would not see decay in the sense that that would be the end. David could see beyond that. He had been, he said in Psalm 17, as for me, I will be vindicated and will see your face that's David. He's going to see the face of God. When I awake, I will be satisfied with seeing your life. It's David knew that he would awake one day and be in the presence of God and see his likeness. That's our great hope too, isn't it? For David didn't know what we know of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. But he had his confidence and trust in God. David knew very well he would die. He knew that he would be led with his ancestors to rest. Nathan told him that. And he knew that from his seed there would be others who would arise to continue in his line. He knew, and we know, David's son and David's Lord would one day reign on David's throne. Nathan told him that. That was the promise with oath that came from the Lord to David. For David there was going to be eternal glory just like us. 
And death is not the end. And it's not going to be the end for us. Praise God. Why? Because of the resurrection of the Messiah, of Jesus Christ our Lord. And so Peter, he stands up on the death penalty cross. And the power of the Spirit has come upon him like the others that were there that day. And filled with the Holy Spirit, he quotes Psalm 16, verses 9 to 11. Powerful. He says that David as a prophet says that this man, this man, is not a lovely expression. This man, Jesus of Nazareth, this man, the Christ. That's who David's speaking about. And we're glad that he told us that, aren't we? We're glad that he told us that. So David didn't really understand fully what he was saying, but by the Holy Spirit, he speaks these words out of his own experience, but because the Holy Spirit <coughs> would be using those in the day to come to speak of the resurrection and the power of the resurrection of Christ. David died, Peter says, and was buried. And his tomb is here to this day. That was 2,000 years ago. And the people to whom he was speaking knew exactly what he was talking about. Seeing what was to come, he spoke of the resurrection of Christ. Isn't it good that we have the New Testament and the Old Testament? How privileged we are to have the Word of God and the fulfilment of all these things. God has raised this Jesus to life. Powerful words. And we are witnesses of it, Peter says. We're witnesses of it. He's exalted to the right hand of God. God has made this Jesus, whom he crucified, both Lord and Christ. When I was preparing for this, I, I couldn't miss Hebrews 5 and 7. Because David's experience was, he cried to the Lord in this psalm to keep him safe and he was really anxious and troubled about death Hebrews 5 and 7 tells us of, of the saviour of, of Jesus of Nazareth and in particular it must have been in the garden of Gethsemane during the days of Jesus life the writer tells us on earth he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. We've no idea what it was like for the Lord Jesus to face death. And not just death, but what it involved for him to bear our sins. But he cried out to his God, and his father, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He cries out on the cross. And in the garden, oh my father, if it's possible, let this cup pass away from me. It's the cup of death. It's the cup of the judgment of God against sin. 
he was hurt. He was hurt because of his reverent submission or his godly fear. What godly fear the Lord Jesus had as he went into death for us. He cried out to God to save him out of death. And he did the glorious resurrection that Peter speaks of. Out of death. Out of the power of death. It couldn't hold him. And we praise God for that, don't we? David didn't know anything of that. David didn't know anything of that. And yet his confidence and his trust was in God. How much more so should our trust and our confidence be in our great God and in his Son who is exalted at the right hand of God, never more to die, endless life. And because he lives, we're going to live also. We're going to live also forever. Forever. If it's trust and hope, will be full, fully realised one day when he, he is resurrected. And there will be a day for him to be resurrected. And you learn about that. Because his God, his Lord, went into death and has been raised to endless life. And that's why David will be resurrected. And that's why David will go into the presence of God and enjoy that forever. Just like you and me. Because of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. So we too can trust our God. Like David. And have absolute confidence in our great God. And in his son the Lord Jesus Christ. To bring us through all of life. All of us experiences. And to bring us through death. And into glory. In the presence of God. We can trust our God to do that for us. Because his son is the controller. And all judgment has been given to him. And he's my saviour. He's your saviour. Our great God has done wonderful things for us, hasn't he? And he's our safe refuge. Isn't he? He's our safe refuge. Whatever the circumstance, he will keep us safe. Absolutely safe. He's our sovereign Lord. He's in complete control. We might not think at the time, but he's in complete control. He's our supreme treasure, surely, is he not? He's the only one. Our treasure, above all things, we treasure him. And he's our trusted counsellor, always there at our right hand. At our right hand. He's right there when we need him, day and night. Let us keep our eyes always on him. That's what David says. I will keep my eyes always on him. For he will be there at 
my right hand. And that's a lovely thought, isn't it? He's right there. Keep our eyes on him. For them, for them, as David says, he will make known to us the path of life. You'll notice when Peter quotes it, it's a wee bit different. Well, it's in mine, it's a bit different because it's a Septuagint. And it's the paths of life. I, I, I like that, the paths of life. For each of us, the paths of life. He'll make known those paths of life to us. You will fill me with joy in your presence. I, I believe that's, that's the future of experience because that's what we're looking forward to. That's our great hope. <coughs> Fullness of joy in his presence. With eternal pleasures at his right hand. We're looking forward to that, aren't we? Praise God.